especially if she's 70 years old. <laughs> Seriously Monica though, Bellucci, come seriously, on, man. Seriously like, she, though, can we start? She's there? still classy, but come on, like, let's just start there with our spoilers. The- Welcome <laughs> to the spoiler episode of Stiff Pop. Okay, I have a theory. Give me your theory. All this time, everybody's just assumed that Monica Bellucci's already been a Bond girl in one of these movies, and it just now they realized, oh crap, she's never been a Bond girl. Well, this is her last chance, <laughs> and that's why she ended up in this one. That's, that's possible. Like, she should have been a Bond girl in, like, 70s or 80s. Right, like with Sean she, Connery. Uh, yeah, I would, I mean, yeah, I would say even, she probably could have even gotten away with Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> that era, just, like, her age wise Because she was, like, big, like, she was the love interest in Braveheart, right? Like, that's young Monica Bellucci. Right, that's, right. And now it's, yeah, anyway. Well, so I have it's to like, say, I, I don't It's almost be- like a um, uh, honorary title. Oh, it's an honorary Bond girl because you because you should have been a Bond girl before. So let's well, let's I, have this one scene where you get to be a what, do what a Bond girl does. I want I want to be clear though. I I don't I don't find her unattractive. I, you know I don't think she was unattractive or anything. My problem with the scene is just how ridiculous it is. Ridiculous! The, it's absolutely ridiculous. The idea that Bond like, Bond can be attracted to any woman in any age range, and, and that, I get that, that's okay. And I that's get that fine. Bond falls in bed with all these girls. Like but, I get but that, but it, he, you don't fall into bed. You have a problem with keeping it in your pants. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> My I thing- think that, but I think it added, like her age added to the sadness of, like, it it's was a sad. widow. It's a widow the day after her husband died. Yes. You know, a good relationship, marriage or not. Like a guilt sex. You know, it was like, yeah, it was like, it was like it, a p- pity. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was just, like a pity moment. And, Oh, that was that was a frustrating scene for me because I'm like, this is such a stretch. Like, the, if this is the kind of person that Bond is, I don't like. I'm so. Well, that and he changed, was so lecherous about that it. That's changed, what I'm saying. Like he like he got like right like he right up to her nose and was I like, know. I mean, he's try, he's having a conversation. Like he's having a conversation <laughs> with their lips touching. I'm going. Yeah. Is nobody like giggling at this? Like. Is this really sexy? I, I couldn't figure it out. Well, I, was I, just, saw, I was confused because I didn't know who she was. And I didn't understand that they were linked together. I didn't understand why he was there. Because the, the video showed that he had been charged to find someone, kill them, and attend the funeral. Okay, so this person is now dead. Is that who he killed last movie? Did he kill her husband last movie? No, that's who he killed in the helicopter thing at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. See, that's what I didn't even I didn't even connect the two of them together. Like, but it was, was so, so. But it was also it was such a great scene. But it was also a little anticlimactic because he just sees him kick him out of the helicopter, and then we never see anything else. Right. He could have landed on a floatable device in a different <laughs> in a different Bond movie in a Roger Moore Bond movie. He would have, and then he would have showed up at the end because. But that's like and, Christoph Waltz did in this exactly. one exactly, <laughs> and that that happened in this one. You know where there's the return of the other bad guy somehow somebody at the center of one of the biggest explosions i've ever seen that you could probably see from space but why has a scratch on why does he care about her staying alive (laughs) is this is this a part of him is like i care about women not being murdered but i'm gonna go ahead and and have a sexual relationship with them and kind of like chastise them and be angry at them while i do it and then i'm gonna walk out the door and based on the conversation that they had, she's left for dead because there are going to be more people coming for her. So she's like, it's not like he took her along with him to save her. <laughs> That's a really great he point. He had sex with Although, her but and he left did her to say, die. 
But he did say, go contact so-and-so at the embassy and okay, they'll take care of you, That is right? true. That fair is true. Enough. But I'm not going to take the you there in my fancy car. I'm not going to make sure you get there safely. <laughs> yes. I'm going to kill the two assassins that are here that I could see. And then yeah. I'm going to have sex with you. And then I'm going to leave. Like it was just. So I do want to say, ugh. that's what I was talking about. That scene is the is what I thought was a great scene. Not the not the sex right. scene. Okay, but that it. scene where the assassin, like she's walking down the hallway. The assassins yeah. peel out behind her. She yes. knows they're behind her. Right. And she's just she waits yep. for the moment yep. and then they both go down camera pans to reveal the bond was right in the middle behind her behind right. them yeah that was like, good. it was just beautifully constructed sequence that's actually a true statement for many parts of this movie where there's this beautiful s- scenes and there's these great shots and there's these really like almost like rich environments that we don't hardly spend any time in so we don't develop a relationship with it like so you know there's the the scene towards the end and we're kind of hopping around here for you in the spoiler episode but towards the end of the movie we're back in this massive building that's being demolished is this massive building where the double o's had been before yes okay because he's very familiar it blew with up it. at the end of the last one it's skyfall it, it got exploded at it Okay. Yeah. Now and, in, a, and, a, and, a, and a net put in the bottom of it for some reason. <laughs> okay, that's, I was going to get there. That's the divergent. <laughs> going to get there. That's the divergent reference from Thank the you. previous one. Thank you. I didn't get the divergent reference, but where yes, they that jump is diver- off the roof, and you just have to trust at the bottom that there's a net. Somehow he knows that it's there. But anyway, so like I, I in you all know, the even in that, there's all these just these, yeah. The net still remains. The net remains for just such an occasion. Yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> okay. So I, I do want to get into all these specifics. Let's broaden out just a little bit kind for the. Spoiler this, and, yeah. and kind of fill in the story gaps, whatever they are. This is a story about brothers. It turns out that's the big reveal at the end: is that the Bond villain in this movie is the kind of a stepbrother to James Bond, right? That key piece, yes. Of, that key, underplayed, underplayed, huge so moment. Underplayed, yeah. And, and the only references we have are these elusive old photos, which, that we by don't the even way, I thought it, looked so photoshopped. They were so photoshopped yeah. and confusing, like. I didn't know that was Bond himself. I had no idea. Right. But I don't know that you're supposed to. That's what I'm saying. They they uh, held that information. Anyway, go ahead. So the movie starts with Bond, uh, you know, unveiling what is called Spectre, which is this group of people who are running the world and they want all of the world markets to come together and all the world spy information to be under one roof. So like that Hydra. They can, so they can control it. Right? Very much like Hydra. Yeah. yeah that is very similar. Uh, and so, at the head of this group is Hydra, also uh, aquatic octopus. animal. Yes, yeah. sure. But uh, but communication was the theme of Skyfall. Like it's following along with the right Sky. That was all about communication, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think so. But again, the power of, we should have to remember that to enjoy yeah. this one. Um, so true. Christoph Christoph Waltz uh, is at the head of this group who has. A, a pretty impressive entrance scene within this syndicate of people that are obvious. I mean, there's hundreds of them and, you know, several around this table and he comes in and Bond is there as well. And that's when it's revealed what they're trying to do, uh, which again is get all the spy information together so that they can have access and rule the world. Well, they also are responsible for terrorist acts as well. Well, I that's mean- to get the people in the countries to vote for this thing so they because you'll notice they attack South Africa when right. South Africa voted no yeah. so that South Africa would well if we'd have just had the intelligence from everybody else maybe mm-hmm. this wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. you know kind yeah, of, yeah. we also learn that the this you know brother situation um, he was jealous that James Bond's character who was an orphan child had been you know brought into his family and so uh, in retaliation 
what's the guy's name? Christoph. Christoph Waltz is the actor. Christoph Waltz. What's his? What's the? Blo- uh, it's a famous Bond villain. Oberhausen. Isn't it? Ober Oberhauser is his name, and uh, according to IMDb. Blofeld. Is he? Is what? that who he is? Blofeld. Um. Anyway, remember. so Oberhauser, uh, Ernst Starvo Blofeld. Oberhauser. Um, anyhow, his character was upset with the father, his dad, for you know bringing in and adopting James Bond. Um, so he killed his own dad. So, but again, there was just. Let me let me let me go back to Blofeld. I this was Blofeld from the original Bond movies. Uh, the bald guy with the scar down his eye. Uh, yeah, yeah, Donald Pleasance. Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Yes, that is who this character turns out to be, and that's supposed to be a big reveal in this movie. I, I'm guessing I don't is understand that it. we're seeing the birth of this supervillain who's already been in the James Bond universe. But again, like so many things, it's so underplayed that you don't even hardly know what's going on. Ernst Stavro Blofeld, number one, is James Bond's greatest nemesis, a terrorist mastermind in pursuit of obtaining power in hopes to take the world and change the face of history. So he is the founder and lead infamous underground terrorist organization, Spectre. So he's the lead. So yeah, this was like really underplayed. But again, if you know the history of Bond, that would have been something. And see, I'm and sitting does, there going... If you have memorized and studied yes. the history of Bond. Well, but I'm sitting there going, Blofeld. I think Blofeld is a famous Bond villain, but I don't know. For those of and, you who don't know, this is the uh, pinky finger to the <laughs> it face. Is. It is. the Dr. Evil, Dr. where Dr. Evil. Evil came from. Yeah, that's yeah. that character. And that's why the cat was important, because the cat oh. was a big part of his... So, like, there's all these clues... That the yeah. Bond fan is going, oh, I get it, I see, and I'm left going. I don't I understand. Think what I recognize the name. So what they did is they tied yeah. this main bad guy number one. They tied him to James Bond because James was uh, for two summers or two winters or whatever um, brought into their family to be friends. And what the bad guy ends up saying, which uh, we'll just call him um, Doctor Evil. What <laughs> what Doctor what what he with hair with hair. What he ends up saying is basically that all of the struggle and all of the strife that James Bond has experienced in his life has been because he has orchestrated it somehow by being linked into all the cameras of the world. He's made sure that there's been suffering. So we're led to believe that if you watched all the James Bond movies, that he is in all of those two somehow making all of his trouble possible and, and kind of yeah. like and doing that. So but again, it didn't it didn't pay off for me. Well, and I was hoping for like some cool special effect sequence where we got to see some of those sequences from like a different perspective. Right. Or something, you oh, know, like you've seen so that in good. other movies. And I thought, are they about to do this? Because that would be so sweet. Right. And help me remember what happened in that movie. And, <laughs> and add, they did not. And add on another 20 minutes of time. Possibly That's true. 30. Now, can I say because uh, 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 um uh, in the storyline, you know, uh, Aaron got to the part with the big meeting where they reveal. There's an element right after that. It's a specific piece that I actually did like in the movie. Um, I thought it was a cool way of of kind of getting a lot of exposition out there. And it's been done before, but I thought they handled it really well. And it's whenever he's in his car, he's got a chase scene. The guy's chasing behind him all the time, and he's very casually getting information. For oh, Money Penny, yeah. who is like you know, like typing things in and getting food out of her fridge, like she has no idea that he's in the high speed chase. I just thought, you know, if they're gonna give us all of this exposition, all of this information, it, it's nice that we get to watch a cool uh, 
chasing car chase while, while it's it happening. happens. Yeah. Car chases are not my favorite thing. Exposition is not my favorite thing. And together I thought, oh, okay. I mean, I've, this has been done before, but I think this is really effective. I, and I don't know if it was the opening scene shading the rest of the movie for me. I found all the other action scenes to be pretty basic. Lackluster. Yeah. The, yeah. the car no, chase I would didn't, agree. didn't do I would much agree. for me. Here's my question. If you have a, I don't even know, how much was that car? Like, what do you say? It was like 300,000 pounds or something like that? Uh, I, I think it, I think technically it costs infinity dollars. Okay. I think it is. Very so we have a very, very expensive vehicle and then you have these little flip switches that he's flipping to kind of test and see kind of the cool things mm-hmm. and, and some of them, most of them are fizzling out. Labels made by a label maker. I know. That's what I was going to say is, how is this? It is like a little. Uh, uh, oh, that blew my mind. Like, yeah. can it not be like on gold plating or something? You've got this gorgeous car that is supposed to be made yeah. by like this super high intelligent company, and it's a label maker. We don't even have label makers like that. I think they wanted in two thousand and fifteen, they wanted it to feel like the nitrous from the Fast and Furious movies. You know, where it's... <laughs> I think. Well, they've done it in the past where the cars were like all fancy and sly with all that stuff, and so I think they were trying to sell that it was a prototype. that was Q. It was it was, but yeah, Q was working on it, it was in a process. Since yeah. we're there, there are going to be several of these moments where I pop in with ridiculous things. Since we're in the car chase moment, he pops one of the buttons and it says. Music, you know, procured for 009. That is not the message you would put on there if you thought the car was going to 009. It would be like, here's your music. Like, that is a message uh, yeah. to us. <laughs> saying, <laughs> Get it? Wink, wink. It's wink, a wink, joke, ladies it. and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also didn't like, so, so the final flip switch works and he launches out through this which I guess his backup plan was to swim to safety. So whatever. I mean, he's clearly fearless. We'll rewind to the uh, helicopter scene to reference that he's fearless in ridiculous ways. But um, yeah. so he launches out, and I, I just don't believe that nobody saw that. I can't believe that no one saw a man launch out of the roof of a vehicle. That's just ridiculous. Or that his opponent didn't see it somehow. Like I know well, he, was he was on fire with flames. Yeah, okay, was... okay, that was the only thing that I was like, all right. Well, I don't understand how that whatever. That's um, a wrestler, right? Dave Batista. Yes, yes. Batista yeah. is a wrestler. Yes, what's her he name is. from um, Guardians of the Galaxy? That's right. Yes, that's where we Drax. saw him last time. And you know he's doing great. exactly we, mm-hmm. as good a performance. <laughs> yep, he can he he can do that role well of just it's like, it's like the parent. Don't it's the say parent, lines. It's the parent who knows how much their kid can eat, and they give them the exact right amount of food. It's like good job, <laughs> good job, <laughs> you did well. So I know you guys like the opening helicopter sequence, but it really bothered me because it's just. I, I mean, but beyond it being completely unbelievable, um, you know, you've got like where the controllers have been moved over. And so this helicopter is spinning to the right, you mm-hmm. know, and it's spinning around and around and around. But then it does. Uh, then he's released. Then the two guys are fighting in the back, which means the pilot should be able to write the problem. But it keeps spinning and spinning and spinning. And spinning. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty mediocre pilot. Apparently, He was not. <laughs> OK, OK. He's not James just, Bond, good pilot. We, well, I got to tell you, though. We actually have three different helicopter scenes in I know, this, right? so that's kind Spoiler of exciting. Uh, okay, so I, I do have to say this, uh, because you mentioned how ridiculous the helicopter fight is at the beginning. Here's a, here's a point I want to make. I am w- much more willing to suspend my disbelief mm-hmm. when I'm going, oh, that's awesome. You that know, was like, good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I think that's why later on when things are ridiculous... I'm I'm not getting the you know oh that's amazing and so I'm just like yeah that's just like ridiculous plane, well, it was like it was just it mm-hmm. was just so visceral like I've seen we've all seen a, a thousand helicopter fights or whatever and I'm and I'm but it was just so like 
I don't know. Like I, think I was the big just crowd in it, man. It. Like yeah, I, the, the big idea. crowd add to it. Even the scene, like when they're out the on outside doing the little fight outside. Yeah, like it's not an amazing fight, but I'm like, it's really cool. Like yeah. hanging outside the helicopter fight. Like, yeah, it was, and even the inside, like the I just I think a lot of that is like you said the shots, but the, even the editing of them tooling around inside so you see yeah. like the chaos inside yeah. you see outside you're seeing all this danger for the people below like and it and i'm why that's one of the scenes where i'm watching i'm like is this like are they all those people on green screen like what is you can't tell and it looks so real and like i said just so visceral like but, these people are gonna die from a helicopter crash yeah <laughs> and you you have that and then like you like we're saying comparing it to the rest of it so okay we have um a helicopter where they escape in a helicopter from the plant that's in the middle of nowhere. The the kind of like the central hub of Spectre. We have another helicopter where um, Oberhauser is put in, like he's escaping at the very end of the movie and they're in a helicopter. There's another, and that one actually does crash. That's kind of the end of the film mm-hmm. as, as that whole sequence. It crashes because from very far away, he shoots it with a tiny pistol. That was insane. <laughs> That's another so one far away. He was so, so far, far away. So, so far There's away. There's no way that bullet would reach there that accurate. The was- only way that actually happens is if he takes off his blaster shield and talks to Obi-Wan. That's the only way he makes that <laughs> shot. All right. It was like sheer determination. We're supposed to believe that somehow he willed it to go into the. Anyway, that's yeah. Propellers didn't blow the bullet off court. Like nothing. Use the force bond. Use the force. There's so much. First of all, they're traveling at a great speed. Yeah, like you said. Plus, the once the bullet gets close to its its target, you have the propeller blades that would also (laughs) move the trajectory. Um, Dude's a good shot, man. So we also have a, a, a couple of boat guy. things. <laughs> like we're on a boat at one point in time. A couple boats. Um, we also Lots have a plane, the mm-hmm. plane chase. So plane that becomes a car. One of the things that bothered me <laughs> about this movie was that James Bond is he he has a he has a mission to basically go in as deep as he can into Spectre and figure out what's going on and try to kill, try to stop it from happening. And he's on his own because the 007 program is, you know, in, in, in falling apart or whatever. And so he, he gets clues along the way from, you know, the uh, d- various people that he talks to. And at one point in time, he's talking to somebody who has basically been sequestered in like the, the middle of nowhere in the winter time. And he has been protecting his daughter and Bond convinces him to give him the next bit of information, piece of information, and also to save his daughter. So then by going to her, he puts her in danger. So now we have our Bond girl because we haven't had a Bond girl before. It's the daughter of one of the people that used to be inspector and Mm -hmm. wanted to get out or whatever. So how did what he has to save her because, you know, he brings the danger to her. And he does this by, you know, a plane chase. So here we are in another plane situation where he's just destroying a plane. And we're in this sort of like village in the middle of where they end up crashing and all the Mm -hmm. we have like a motorcade. And then we've got a plane that's slowly missing its pieces and doing massive destruction and then sliding down a hill. And somehow he is steering a plane with no... no Wings. Rudders? I, I don't Wings? understand. <laughs> well, he has a rudder the first time, and then oh, after okay. that, I think it's just sheer Luck. will. Right. <laughs> Again, with a bullet, it's his willpower. He's, he's It's the Force. He's this a Jedi. This was a Star Wars movie. So, <laughs> so in this scene, which, again, unbelievable crash, like whatever, this is ridiculousness, 
he rams the back of the car that she is in could have just like completely crushed her like he's in a massive <laughs> plane with propeller blades and right. like just rams the back of her vehicle to save her he uses blunt force on the vehicle she is in yes <laughs> yes it's just ridiculous not that he could stop himself he's in a massive plane flying in or whatever but anyways they, they he's crash, bomb. he can do whatever he wants they crash into this like a village right there's mm-hmm. like a village or something like a farmhouse or where something. nobody lives mm-hmm. not one person comes running out going what is going apparently, on it's a home for chopped wood Yes. <laughs> but there's like, it's like a little cluster. There's a lot of chopped wood. There's like 15 or 20 of these, like, I don't know. Like no but no people. But there's no people. They're all skiing. Mm-hmm. I don't they all understand. heard ahead of time. Oh, crap. That bond is coming through. <laughs> oh, that was so weird. We better so clear weird. out before he gets here with his crashed up airplane. But so, what did you think of, I think her name is Leia, Leia Sado. Uh, it the plays actress, Madeline Swan, who she was is the fine. Bond girl. I, I said earlier, I think all the performances were just fine. They were just they they did what they were supposed to do. She did okay. Yeah, I would give the only ones I would give specific props to her again. I I love uh, Christopher Waltz. You said no, I didn't say Christoph. Oh. I'm actually not a Christoph, Christoph. Waltz fan. Not I'm one of the few sorry, people Christoph. who I think he does the same thing every time. And you said I'm Andrew kinda, Scott. That's yeah, I like you Andrew said. Scott. Uh, and I thought Ray Fiennes had a great moment early on where you could just see like the passion and anger in his Ralph. His I think it's pronounced Rafe. It's Rafe. Rafe. Yeah. He was M. Mm-hmm. Um, who we don't like, like at the beginning Q. of the film. I like Q. I the, the kid okay. that, that plays a computer geek. I People like him. People were laughing at his like commentary, and I was like, "This is stupid. Why are you laughing?" <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I thought I liked everybody. I, I thought. Um, I just feel like yeah, the parts were underwritten for everybody yeah. except for. Um, like you said, Andrew, Andrew Scott, that's not, is Andrew Scott. Yeah, I think so. Andrew Scott plays C mm-hmm. who okay. is, one is that, of what's many the guy's villains. name from Parks and Recs? Is that one of many, many villains? Uh, that is, you're thinking of uh, different Scott. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I thought, but yeah, basically I thought everybody was, the parts were way underwritten for everybody yeah. in the movie, including Christoph Waltz, who I do like. And I think. You know, the first half of the movie, you never see him because he's in shadow. Right. He's whispering, so you never hear him. You know, and then his reveal of who he is, you know. We don't understand. He just doesn't do much. He's only there in the scene long enough to get supposedly killed and then show up later. Right. Just to supposedly kill, you know, 007. Yeah. So 007, he continues to. And now then we have the frustrating part where Leia is 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 playing. Leia. It is a Star Wars movie. (laughs) She, <laughs> Madeline Swan, is playing two roles. She's playing the strong woman who doesn't need a man and also the woman who swoons over James Bond. And so in each scene, she's like bipolar. We don't know. And falls in love with him very quickly. Falls in love and then breaks up. And then, you know, like it's just she's very wishy-washy. And I would recommend that James not date her because she <laughs> has all the telltale signs of a crazy girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you've met him, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Maybe they're meant for each other. Actually, that's referenced in the movie. Yeah. Uh, by Kristoff. He, our, you know, our villain says, you know, it's it's too bad that I'm going to kill James Bond because, you know, if there's anyone who can understand an assassin, it's the daughter of an assassin. Gang, gang, quang. And, you know, so we're all these words. And this is, that's true. This is true for the whole film. There's all these statements that are made but there's no feeling behind it you know people are saying things that are supposed to be powerful it's very confident in itself 
but it doesn't pay out in any way, you know? All right, so let's go there. Can we go there? We've we've really kind of talked the plot through, right? We, well, let's briefly, we need to spoil the watch. Let's, let's briefly... We need to spoil the watch. Let's briefly spoil... Well, let's talk about the watch as possibly the only thing in this movie that had a payoff. Um, yeah. And the tortures. I want to talk about the torture scene because uh, it's... It didn't even have a payoff. It, it was so... People are like cringing, you know, watching this torture part where it's like a little drill going into. But well, it didn't work. Not only did <laughs> not only did it not it was uncomfortable, sure. But I just want to reference this. I don't remember which movie it was in. I think it's the last time I saw a James Bond movie with mm-hmm. with Daniel, where he's sitting naked in that chair and that guy is hitting him underneath the yeah. chair and it's like open underneath. Yeah, he's hitting his testicles from under the. That was the chair. horrible. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that's a torture that's a scene. Torture scene yeah. That was so intense. Tell us about it, Danae. I mean, I don't even have that body part, <laughs> and it was awful. Like, but the, but how it was all played out and the intensity of it was so much different. And I don't know if it was just because of it being such a vulnerable mm-hmm. part of the body or not, but I think it was just the buildup of that scene and it felt so hopeless. You know, here in this movie, we're in a white room. We're all just casually sitting around watching somebody have a drill poked into their body. Not a drill. It was a, a drill. A needle. It no, was it was a, a drill. It was a teeny, but it was tiny, a tiny little but I'm drill. Saying, yeah, I'm just saying Which it's like I, yeah. one thing if it's like a you know quarter inch drill or well, something. And but, it, but the drill wasn't even supposed to be the thing. It was supposed to be what this drill was going to do right. to him. Make right. him where he was going to go blind or forget the other everybody. one in the right place would forget everybody he loved. And none of it like... I kept waiting for something to happen, like him to like, I got to fight this next scene without my eyesight until it comes back or something. And And it was just like, oh, that was close. Okay, so (laughs) we're going to use the watch that we were given a long time ago. The only reference is it it has a loud alarm. Yeah. You know. Well, we all knew that minute was a bomb. Did we? Yeah. Did yeah. we, Aaron? So, yeah. I did not know. Okay. I mean, maybe this is a thing. <laughs> 007 people would have known. Okay, okay. We can, take, we can give him that one. All right, so a couple <laughs> hanging threads to close off, and then we can kind of get into more of the detail. I want to get into more details of things that didn't pay off. But um, one is the finish of this movie, which is ridiculous, because this man who was just blown up at his complex all of a sudden has this hall of mirrors set up uh, for Bond <laughs> to get to... And like, oh, you mean the cat and mouse maze? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And he's got a bulletproof glass that he's had installed. I know. I know. We got to get to that part. That's that's that. This is the conclusion, and has set up this trap. Oh my goodness. For Bond, again with arrows pointing. A cliche as all cliches you know the cliche and all cliches of save the you girl. have to choose to save somebody or save yourself i mean how many times have we seen this and that among many other things also doesn't have a payoff because basically he just goes and saves her and jumps into a net Wait, like, he accidentally <laughs> finds her <laughs> i know it would just obviously just enough time to jump into a big hole that this crossed fingers has a net that he knows about this is insane this is insane but th- this building is massive he has three minutes to discover our friend, someone our friend jeremy with cinema sins is going to have a field day yes. with this movie it's so true and, and like, it's important to note, the building's already like part destroyed part rubble so it's not like elevators work no he has to <laughs> or, run or escalators up. or anything he's just running around just a, randomly. a skyscraper and then he, in three minutes, he comes out onto the, some sort of like a ledge, you know, and the, the, they're in the accidentally in, in the air is floating the um, helicopter. 
chapter that contains Oberhauser, you know, this bad guy. And it's just watching him like, haha, game over. And he's been calling out her name and hears some muffled cry and then pries away random metal door. And what there, does he have to do to solve the puzzle? O- uh, open a door. Open a door. Go to some place <laughs> in the building. Someplace. And, we don't and know. Listen. And then say, do you trust me? <laughs> Which is like Aladdin, you know, do you trust me? And then then the trust fall, which is stories and stories of a drop into a net. I was thinking it was going to be into the water. And I was like, this is going to hurt, you know, because we saw water before. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, that would have made more sense. I thought water, too. I was like, oh, at least the water's down there. Right. But nope. no, it's a net. A, a net, net that's never been established. <laughs> but, We've but never. Let's, let's did chat. he walk under the net at one point in time or something? Uh, did I miss he that? Looked, well, he looked up at one point in time, but I was there was uh, there was all I these demolition so. I wires. Think it was out of nowhere. There was all these demolition wires everywhere. <laughs> so I think he did look up and see. I, I do think that there was a net that that. But I was looking at the demolition wires. But even we at that up, point but, in time, like, why is there a net? Is that a part of d- uh, demolition? Do you tie nets up in places? <laughs> Is that something to catch that was in the previous or movies? Like, was there a net somewhere? Here's the other thing. I mean, like, it would have had to have been a net that was in a room with no ceiling because it, it looked like the demolition was the reason that there was a hole through multiple stories. Yeah. But when he's going through and we're trying to figure Wait, out, like... you're right. That wasn't even, like, an elevator shaft. No, was it? it was no. just a hole in the building. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what is... It's just I the most not, arbitrary, like, oh, crap, we've wrote the scene, we're shooting it already, I did and we not, forgot to write the ending. I did and what not do we do? Think, he jumps in a hole? I, yep, he I jumps did, in a hole. I did not think it was possible for that to get any more ridiculous, and I just realized it's not even an elevator shaft. It's in the it's middle of nowhere. It's just a hole in, in the, the building. So, but in the, uh, the <laughs> whole, when he goes into it and there's this, like, whole rat trap thing we kind of referenced when we were all freaking out before, like, uh, we are... First of all, we've gone from the middle of nowhere where he just blew up the facility where Oberhauser and they're like their main you know section was. So all these people are dead, and you know we were led to believe that Spectre is now pretty much you know defeated for the most part because that was the central place. But then no, it's still going to launch at midnight. So no, we still have to go do that part. All right, here we go. Okay, and here's a no payoff part that I just need to get out there since you're there. Do it, do it. The hacking. Oh no, how am I going to hack this? Okay, I hacked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so true <laughs> there's nothing like it was just like oh it's counting down no no no. i got it guys it's good yeah yeah there's like a moment when you're like he's he's like oh how am i gonna do this and why are like, we building suspense for something that was so easy that's yeah. all i want to know yeah that was yeah. really bad well there was also i noticed at that moment and this may be just a personal thing there was a really um transparent screenwriting element that that happened here that it was just so transparent um where they didn't try and cloak anything i don't know maybe they shouldn't have but you know the that's the the physical danger and then his emotional resolution right so the hack is like oh oh phew, that was easy taken care of so the world is saved but he and the girl aren't saved so that has to be the second resolve right but they happen so like anticlimactically mm-hmm. apart from each other that it's not like that it was the payoff. It was just a really, like, there was no, like you said, no payoff. No punch. But it's like, oh, that's done. Oh, now we have one more piece of information to tie up. Um, now he jumps in the hole with the girl. Good. Now we're all clear. You oh, know? no. Wait. One more one more lack of payoff in that scene. How C dies. Oh, we're going to have a struggle. Oh, no. He's just going to fall. He's oh, just, he fell. He, he just tripped. Just- <laughs> 
Sea trip, guys. We're good. Sea trip. True. Uh, it's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So anyway, but like, you know, screenwriting thing of, you know, the emotional and the physical danger, like how they parallel each other. And, you know, the emotional one is more important. So that's the last thing to resolve. But it's, you know, the the way they were kind of trying to play these side by side the whole way. And it just didn't land. Like it was like one. One one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand. Okay, now the other one. One thousand, two one thousand, two. <laughs> okay, now the other thing. You know, it was just real. It was just real. I said transparent. Real. You have a oh, list yeah. in front of you, Aaron. What well, else I, I covered. List? I just covered a bunch of them. Uh, a lot of them had to do with that last scene. I feel like the blood tracking doesn't have any kind of payoff or any. Kind no, of that was the it. one I was talking oh, about yeah. in the earlier thing. Like what? Why? Yeah, it has. So, so the immediately he can say, "Don't don't let anybody see this." Okay. At the beginning of the movie, he's injected with nanobites so that he can be tracked. My first thought was that Q had done like a little wink tip off, like didn't actually give it to you because there was like this weird sort of look between them, and then it, then he okay by the end of that scene, no, he really has been injected with something and can be tracked. He, he asks Q to give him forty eight hours, and then I, it proceeds to go into places in the world that you cannot get to in forty eight hours. <laughs> Like, you can't. It's impossible yeah. for him to have gone all these places. Well, can, I, can we take a half step back about, like, how matter-of-fact and nonchalant it was that, like, he was getting nanobites injected <laughs> into his I, blood? Right? I was they think- just put, and he was, like, his response to it was, like, an eye roll. Oh, here we go again. Like, <laughs> right? You just put robots in you, man. I like, know. You don't was, have a response without asking. There's I no was, response to that. I was thinking the same thing, and I was like, <laughs> I, what I thought was, okay, okay. What has happened here is he knows that his, you know, overlords of the 007 pro, like the 00 program, he can't say no because this is his life. This is his life. He has to say yes to his missions. And yeah. so this is just another one of that of that level. But I'm so with you because I was like, that's a big stinking deal. Like you If you're a Christian, you know that's the end of times. <laughs> we are in the apocalyptic end of the world when you can have nanobites injected into you and like the, you're zooming in and it was like the the, the display We're all show. Sure I wish we'd all beast. been ready. <laughs> oh my goodness. Two men walking up a hill. Um, Okay, so yes, basically blood tracking is introduced so that Bond can immediately go, hey, don't use it for 48 hours. And by the time he's done not using it, it doesn't even matter. Right. And then they just delete it. Then he's like, why was that even in the plot? Yeah. Why is that even in the movie? I can tell you why. I think I know why. Because there's a couple of times when someone shows up and it's like, how the heck did you know where James Bond was? Like, Q shows up in the middle of nowhere. Well, it was... Well, let me, let but me... that's a that's a self-fulfilling prophecy because he was only there because they were like, where's James? Oh, he's close. I better go warn him. You got to get close because I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, there's like, no... It was, it was a loop. It wasn't... It didn't, have, it didn't serve an actual purpose other than to serve itself. There are other ways to identify where somebody is located, you know, in your story, in your script. For that matter, by that point, they know, you know, M's on their side. They'll just tell him because obviously Q's going to know where he is just because they're in contact. They're buddies. So yeah. it's just like, it just seems so unnecessary. Had no... No payoff, no punch. I just, there was, you know, thing That's after thing. That's a big thing. one. That was a really big one. Because at the point at the end where uh, M is saying, you know, delete the files, delete the program, because we're going to hand it to him. 
I was I was really disappointed in that. I was I thought that's something that they can use. I thought the watch was something that they could use differently. And, you know, as reference earlier, it's used in the scene where he's being tortured and it's just like kind of casually thrown over because there happened to be a secondary person to help him out. But bravo, and at least it had some sort of payoff. At least kinda, it had yeah. its moment, you know? Yeah. But you're right, that the blood stuff had no none at all. I will say about the watch. That I, by, by the way, I did. I am. I did look up the the writers here just to see, <laughs> like, what the story is. And there's there's no clues in the writers of to why this thing is so convoluted. There's really not. These these are good writers. Huh. You know, some of them are specific. Like, I think that's writers, a questionable but... statement at this point. <laughs> if indeed they wrote this. But do we got these guys that like worked on uh wrote like Gladiator um, Rango um Last Samurai La- um, That's all John Logan. Um yeah. Oh, and Neil Purvis, so he did a lot of 007. He did Quantum of Solace, Casino Royale, so he's been on the on projects like that multiple times. The um uh Edge of Tomorrow, one of the guys worked on Edge of Tomorrow. Robert like, Wade, same thing, he was also in a lot of them. Yeah, so it's Anyway, it's there's nothing that would suggest that it would be this far out of bounds on all this stuff. You're not not finding somebody you can pin it on and go, oh, that's why. It's not the guy who wrote like chairman of the board or (laughs) what is I'm going to pick on all these terrible movies I've never seen. Pauly Shore wrote this movie. (laughs) Another another person that was involved was Jez Butterworth and he did Live, Die, Repeat. I love that syrup. Yeah, that movie. Butterworth. that person's last nice. name really is Butterworth. <laughs> they've got to. They've got to be good at pancakes. By the way, we we call that movie Edge of Tomorrow. We don't call it Live That Repeat. Yeah, they can't rename Come it on. on us. Come on. Come on. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> other things we want to mention. That was a geek. That was really funny because I was like, "Isn't that supposed to be Edge of Tomorrow?" But <laughs> <laughs> I just read the title. Um, I, other things we want to talk about that didn't have payoff. Any of the? Uh, oh, I wanted to mention the watch. Did have a payoff, but I was starting to say but. Uh, it's a very simple cliche. Oh, this has a bomb in it. I'll throw the bomb. And why do villains design their stuff that when it explodes, it lets people out instead of you know holds them in? Yeah, because like, as soon as it explodes, can't as, the failsafe oh, failsafe yeah. be that it stays locked? You know, like <laughs> it's like console exploded. You are now free. <laughs> that should be super villain like one hundred and one. I agree. Bomb villain one hundred and one. Uh, Number one, but he also broke the rule, you know, that they have to, but like the cardinal rule of like, like explaining everything he was going to do and all the reasons. Monologuing, oh, yeah. syndrome yeah. would call it. Monologuing. Yeah. That yeah. that was for sure. Oh, there. you caught me monologuing. But the, in, but in its defense, 007 movies like invented that. So yeah, no kidding. It's like you're that's that's a nod. It's well, a in in right? Blofeld invented that. I mean, that's you know, oh, that sure. was what he was big for was putting Bond in these situations and then monologuing while. Bond waited to die, you know, waited for the blade to another reach him. another non payoff is you think that Bond's team is going to show up and help him. So let's say so he's trapped and he's going to be tortured and there's nothing that can be done. And the team shows up. But then there's even like a whole like a, a, a scene that's dedicated to them all talking about how they're not going to go save Bond at all. You know, so then it's yeah, like that's how they're going to save him by not saving. They're him. not going to do anything at all. But then they do show up and help him. How You know, that. Like we were supposed to, we were supposed to believe that they abandoned him, and then they go to a safe house. Like this movie goes every single place. <laughs> the, you, the you go, you go all the places. You have all the conversations. <laughs> you do all of the things, and none of it matters. Can we also talk a little bit about why in Tunisia they are constructing their trains out of plywood? That's a good point. 
<laughs> I thought that I was like, this is a plywood train. Because everything explodes in that train just by people being thrown into it. I bumped into the wall. Oh, shattered wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, threw it. That no, was a crazy else's scene. compartment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that was the slowest moving train ever. Uh, but we're oh, in Tanzania. Oh, and talk about so, uh, terrible Tanzania. payoffs. Like even the like even the this the disposal of the the villain there. The guy's mm-hmm. been tracking him the whole time was just like it was textbook one hundred and one. Like, oh, hook a rope to him and throw him out the. <laughs> yeah throw him out the door it doesn't matter if you shoot him like it couldn't have been that she that she shoots him and, and you know right. aims true I also I also thought the thing with his long thumbnails you know didn't have blinding people would have some sort of Mm-mm. impossible payoff later or something like I don't know there it was, wasn't even a shot where he tried to do it to him was there no like, no, no it never he never of, even brought it up well, again they, they grabbed his he grabbed his head at one point in time and his, started to, his thumbs were in the vicinity of his eyes at one point. He, yeah. yeah, but he was facing the wrong direction. Like yeah, Bond was facing us, so it was more like a you know, I don't know. I also made note. This is a silly one. I admit it. But we're getting into the minutia now. When they got to that retreat up in the mountains, there was an outdoor deck with a full table set up, and I'm thinking, who's going to have their meeting outdoors in this place <laughs> where it's eternal oh, where, blizzard? Where uh, what's her name? The Swan. Yes. Matt, did a panning Matt shot and had this beautiful outdoor deck set up for meetings and I'm just like yeah no that was inside. one of those beautiful places I was like wait what where is he why is he I mean they 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 covered it all I have one but it was like uh, it was a it was a lot of effort in no time at all to get there like that you know what I mean like you were talking about like he gets all these places so quick yeah that's I feel like that would have been several days before yeah. he would have showed up there and oh yeah easy yeah. Yeah, because you're going into these remote locations. Another one happened to be La Americana. Okay, so they go to this hotel that has been alluded to by the father of Madeline Swan, who's who's died. He mm-hmm. saved Madeline. She's decided to help him, although she went back and forth on that bipolar style. And then now she's like, "I'm in," and she's not wanting to help her father. She gets drunk. She's really upset about it. Blah 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 blah. Okay, then he finds the secret of this room that he's been looking for. This is like a room. That has secrets in it somewhere because that's where the two people from Spectre went. Her parents, you know, had gone even after their divorce, et cetera, et cetera. So we're to believe that every time they went to that hotel, they broke through a wall and <laughs> rebuilt it. That's all because that's how he finds it. Possibly more than one wall because they also broke through another wall to hide their liquor. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Something Is that like right? That. Or was it? So he busts through a wall where he finds all this old equipment. And then in there, she sees photos of herself and suddenly is like, I've got to find out what happened to my father. After just being like, I want me. nothing to do with this mm-hmm. guy. She's so back and forth the entire time. I and- will admit. I will admit, I thought him pointing the gun at the mouse was hilarious. That was. I the, thought that was really funny. That was the funniest part of the movie. Where, yeah. yeah. Who, Who sent, sent you? you? Yeah. I did Who think do you that work was funny. For? Who sent you? Yeah. Yeah. So, Although I would say, like, that's a terrible hotel if they just got the mice <laughs> running around. But the mouse is what le- led to the secret room, you see, and yeah. then happened to be a location, and then there happened to be an old computer, and then they happened to go to the middle of nowhere, and then they happened to arrive, and then somehow a car is sent because they knew they were going to be <sighs> so, there. Going back <sighs> to the screenwriting, so this is something, they're like, we got to get him into the thing, and he can't just find it. And somebody wrote this scene about the mouse getting there, which is charming or whatever. But when you think about like the purpose of the mouse, like that is a, it, isn't that a hard sell? 
in a James Bond movie. The mouse. Go, He's going to find out the secret because he watches a mouse go into a hole. Right. And realizes, hey, that hole goes to somewhere. And then he pours the water. just in the wall. Like, I would assume, like, all mice just go into... I mean, we're being like we are being nitpicky and minutiae no, here, but I'm just no, thinking about the actual process. No, Somebody good... along the way, when those nine people were working on the screenplay, they said, "You know what? That's the best idea. <laughs> That's the best one to get us into the secret." Room. Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna have him pour some liquid on the ground, and then when he sees it disappear behind the wall, he's gonna have enough confidence to begin to punch through the stucco. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. Yeah, just punch. Like he didn't even like, feel he, where the studs he, were. Like, he just hulked punched. It. He just hulked it, and then he was tearing through the wood, like. And then that's what makes me think. It's like, okay, so if if every time that her parents visited, which was pretty regularly, they went to that room, that means they also brought with them building material to rebuild the wall every time. Because there was no other way in there that we were able to see. Maybe they just walled it off the last time. But then it would have been a room that would have never been able to be used for anybody else except for them when they visited once and, a year. That means and the room in a was, hotel. didn't look like it was like, oh, we're never coming back here. No. It was, I'm going to put my ear my earphones here for the next time I come back. <laughs> right. And I bet I'm going to leave these pictures of my, chill, my child. Right. Like they were. I'll be back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. This, another Another thing that I didn't, I w- had, had a, a really low build. It's like the, all of the crescendo of the intensity had such a little like dip back down so let me let me explain so the gondola scene where q is in the gondola mm-hmm. and there's an ominous person sitting across <laughs> right? from him and you're like oh my gosh this gondola is going to stop in the middle he's going to be stuck yeah, in a battle yeah. another uh, no know? payoff and and so then they get down and then, then he's just walking off but then another guy kind of stops him and then a group you're of people comes anywhere. in and you're and then it cuts away and you go to a different scene for a little while and you're thinking oh man he's going to be stuck there's going to be a gondola, gondola fight there's going to be something these, these innocent people yeah. and there's gonna have to be a rescue or whatever and all this or information at, is... or ahead. at the least whenever they show when bond shows up at his hotel room later and he opens the door i thought oh the guys are there with him right they've Something... captured him brought him here and they've got a gun to his head behind the door right but q just nothing <laughs> like the girl just ran fast yeah. enough and then hides in a closet for them to run by and then we never see these extra guys again how does he get out of the closet how you know like the, oh, that was that was a frustrating one because we're we're like investing in curiosity and we're investing in puzzle solving and we're investing in a little bit and then there's not any payout <clears throat> leading to the very end so by the end of it like there's nothing we've, we've been completely depleted we're depleted we don't even care you know I don't care. How I, cool would a gondola I, scene been? They've done it in other Bond movies. Right? And I don't even care. At the end of the movie, I am so not caring that I am like, of course, we don't well, it's know not how. a gondola, is it? How Bond. Was that, was that called a gondola? I don't know. No. Gondola no. is a boat, right? Oh, yeah, gondola that's is right. a boat. Sorry. That is a. Um... A thingy. That is a, a hangy wire a thingy gondola. on mountains. Uh, tr- <laughs> Sorry. What is <laughs> no, it's good. thing it's good. that carries the skiers? <laughs> That's a chairlift. Come on, lift. Come on, chair lift. Come on Google, help me. Um, so by the Monorail, end of the movie, fire. when we're walking Monorail. through this building that's going to explode, and he's walking through, and then as he's walking, the lights come on. You know, I'm like, who is behind this? That he is seeing all these people from his past, people who have been killed, and I'm like, uh, now, now in reflection, I know those are all people that Kristoff's character, you know, the, the main bad guy that he killed because he hates James, but like, or used to torture James. Some you, of them were villains. Okay, okay, yeah. So I'm like, who? Why are we? So it's his face on on the shooting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
I'm telling you, it's a hall of mirrors. Yeah. And then, like, we're not caring. How did James get back there so fast? How did the bad guy get back there so fast? Because there's never been a payoff before. So it's like we have zero expectations of this making any sense anymore. So by the end of it, it's just like, we're like, whatever. And why was he captured and taken there only to escape so that he could walk through the maze? Like, what was the original plan? Were they going to walk him through the maze? Like, <laughs> they are called gondolas. They're called sky gondolas. Yeah. Okay. Nice work. We get to be right. Yay. Uh, overall, I do. I have that is one of the sentences I have in my notes, and you brought it up, Danae. I think it's as good a place as any to kind of finish this out. Why do I care about any of this? Yeah. And and there just isn't enough story development for me to care. The information about them being half brothers comes so late in the game that I yeah. have no time to process it or under understand the motives of it in any of the two and a half hours preceding it, you know? And it, there's just, there's no reason for me to care about what's going on. You know, yeah. if they would have done something Other with the, than a general affinity for the character. If they would have done something with the plot, because so James mentions during this film that he didn't have parents. That's all he says. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say anything about like, well, there was a guy once that was like a father figure. Actually, he did say that. Well, was she asked who brought you up, and he says, "I don't want to talk about that or something." But or, see, but what if he had? If right. he had opened up, and and James himself had reflected on the father figure or the half brother type person that, even though it was only like a couple of summers that they spent together or whatever, that really like meant something to him. Maybe we care more about how James feels about this brother person, right? But James clearly doesn't care at all. He doesn't care about this guy. He doesn't care that this yeah, guy. Yeah, there's you know, not he, even he an doesn't... element of betrayal to it or no, anything. He doesn't he care doesn't, about he it care at, all. at all. No, he all he wants yeah, to do no. is kill him, and he's just like, there I'm just isn't here to even kill you. An element all. of you know, oh, I'm so sorry you went through that. Or... And then there's no pity at the end. Like when yeah. he doesn't shoot him, it's because he ran out of bullets. It's not because <laughs> it's not because he cared. Is that he? You know. <sighs> yeah, it's like if you found out the Bond villain was like some kid you just went to grade school with right that like, like hated that was the, you that was the kind of her response to it it's yeah. like if i can't even think like uh yeah i'm trying to think of somebody i went to grade school with who i wouldn't even remember their name and that <laughs> well that's, that's well it's like when it, <laughs> right that's exactly right going going back to the incredibles it's like when he finds out who syndrome is you know this kid that right you know he inadvertently you know, made Offended him feel like he wasn't hurt. special and yeah. Right. And so that he means patterned something. his life. And yeah. the themes of the movie play into that meaning. And it's just, this has none of that, none of that nuance, none of that, you know, thematic stuff yeah. that makes you care or be interested. Well, I think we've uh, spoiled ourselves all over this movie, so to speak. I think we talked <laughs> as much about the spoilers. No, we talked more. We talked probably a full hour on spoilers and probably spent 30 to 35 minutes, you know, doing the overall review. So <laughs> we we it's generally true. absolutely believe that there are many other movies that did it better than uh, this movie. And so if you've made it to the end of the spoilers, thank you for listening to our spoiler sift pops. Mm-hmm. So we do those from time to time on movies. Sometimes we don't even do it um, at, you know, really go in and mention Uh-oh. anything at all. But this one we did. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, subscribe to the Sif Pop podcast if uh, if you want to check out uh, all the episodes, and uh, and we make sure we release them there. Also, check out Josh Childs at the Neither Region. That's the Neither Region. Yeah, the Neither. There we go. I got neither. you guys now. Neither. Can you hear me now? Neither. Yes, we can. We've, we've been able to hear you. Is it neither? Or oh. it's, there? it's Nether. It, it's never. It's the Nether Region. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Such a bad region. friend. Maybe the next time I'll, I've been, because uh, you always ask me what I got to talk about, and maybe next time I'll have an actual list of <laughs> things that are going on with me. 
You can also check out Aaron and Danae's website. That's the source of this geekery. There you go. <laughs> at uh, com. You can check out all the different things that we do in both podcasting and the radio world. And as Aaron already said, thank you so much for subscribing to Sif Pop. We will see you next Friday.